You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life, with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to today's podcast, where I'll be switching topics from education to mental freedom. Mental freedom is the process I have developed based on William Glasser's choice theory psychology to operationally define and implement a choice theory practice leading to complete mental freedom. Today, I want to talk with you about gaining control of the stories in your head. Have you ever noticed that when you're missing information you believe is important, especially information you don't have, that your brain provides you with the information you crave? The only problem is that the information is completely fabricated on your best guess, and most of the time your best guess has nothing to do with what's best. Take these made-up stories in your head, add to it the neurological fact that our brains are hardwired for negativity, and you are truly heading for a disaster. This one plus one equals two adds up to a made-up story. Leaning toward the negative equals horrible consequences for yourself. Take the innocuous example of walking into a room and the inhabitants notice your entrance and stop talking immediately. Your brain starts to wonder, what's that about? Why is it suddenly like a tomb in here? Of course, they aren't providing you any information. Finally, someone who can't tolerate the silence will give you an awkward greeting. What story are you telling yourself? The same story everyone has told themselves since the beginning of rooms. They must have been talking about me. Is this true? It could be, right? Of course, it's possible they really were talking about you. But is it the only explanation? What else could be true? If you think about other possible explanations and consciously apply the more positive filter, you might think, oh, They must have been having a private conversation I don't know anything about. Could that be possible? Perhaps someone involved in the conversation has just made a serious confession about something they don't want anyone but the people in that room to know. Does that story feel a little bit better for you? It would for me, because for me, it moves from the negative, they were talking about me, to a neutral. Someone has a secret that has nothing to do with me. Is this true? You have no idea, just like you had no idea they were talking about you. Which version has you feeling better? The one about the secret, right? Now, really stretch your imagination to think of a story that might help you feel terrific when you walk into a room and everyone stops talking. What else could be happening? Pretty much anything, because you have no idea. What would happen If you imagine they stop talking because there's a big, beautiful surprise coming your way and they don't want to ruin it for you, could that be true? Why couldn't that at least be as possible as the fact that they were talking about you? It could be true. Maybe you're getting a raise. The office is throwing a party for your five-year anniversary with the company. Or your birthday is coming up and they were discussing a group gift. Any of these are possibilities along with a whole host of other possibilities. So why do we constantly go to the negative? It's our brain trying to protect us. Our ancestors needed to be able to notice when there was the slightest change to their environment because it could have made the difference between life and death. When the birds got deadly quiet, 
you would know you may be being hunted in that moment. If the sun was shining for the hundredth day in a row, you might need to notice there hasn't been any rain so you could move to a more fertile area before your food and water supplies dry up. If you're serving in a combat area, you would want to notice every time something seemed out of place because it could be a bomb designed to kill you. In these instances, it's entirely prudent to rely on your brain's default wiring for negativity. However, in most of our normal day-to-day -day dealings, you aren't being hunted. You don't need to be concerned about a local food and water source today, and you likely aren't serving in combat. It can be an excellent idea to rewire your brain for positivity. You don't know how, you say? Let's start with the stories in your head. The first thing you need to do is recognize them as the stories they are. The stories you create are not facts. They're simply stories. Your brain's way of filling in the missing pieces to complete the stories in your life. Your brain leans towards negativity, so more of the stories are painful. We don't usually make up stories that help us feel better. But why can't we do that? Make up a story that is more complimentary and serves you better. There's no reason why you can't, unless you're deliberately choosing to hold on to that painful story. Which you can do, by the way. You can hold on to your painful stories if you want to. But if you're interested in feeling better, then you need to follow this eight-step process. Number one, notice when you're experiencing something painful. This means you can't get that twinge and then shove it back down inside of you or deny that it's happening. You have to notice there's something not right. Number two, you wanna label this emotion as sadness, anxiety, anger, or some variation of those. Number three, pinpoint where you're feeling it in your body and focus on releasing that sensation from your body. Four, notice the thoughts that you connected to that feeling. Typically, when you experience an emotion, instead of just expressing it as an emotion, your brain is telling you a story about what the cause of the emotion is. Where did this pain come from? Oh, I don't know. It was my parents, my spouses, my bosses, my coworkers, my child's fault. They are to blame for this feeling I have created inside my body. Of course, that's not necessarily true, but for number four, you just need to recognize the thinking that goes along with the feeling you're experiencing. It's not just an emotion. There's a story connected to it. So identify what story are you telling yourself? Number five, when you notice those thoughts, if they don't crack you up on the spot, then ask yourself if what you're telling yourself is true. If your thought happens to be that someone else or some experience is making you experience whatever emotion you're experiencing, then you can already know that's not true. No external thing can make you feel anything without coming in contact with your body. You generate your own emotions in response to things that are happening in your world. You could just as easily generate other responses once you learn how. Number six. Recognize what you're thinking as the story you're making up in your head. It's not necessarily true. 
you probably have no definitive way of ascertaining whether or not it's true. It's just a story. Number seven, ask yourself if you'd like to feel better. If not, then you know what to do. Keep telling yourself the same story and you'll keep feeling bad. Number eight, if you want to feel better, realize you're making up the story. And as its author, you can tear up that story and write yourself another one. Only this time, write yourself a story that makes you feel better. Here's an example. You've been in an exclusive relationship for a year. In what seems completely out of the blue, your partner breaks up with you without any explanation. One day, you're thinking this is your happily ever after relationship, and the next, boom, your partner is gone. This leaves your brain with a big gap of knowledge. What happened? Why did they leave? I thought we were so happy. How did I not see this coming? When you pose those questions, your brain begins to immediately search for the answers. And in the absence of real data and evidence, it will compose a fictional story about what might have been. Remember earlier when I said that your brain is hardwired for negativity? Using its default wiring, your brain is going to compose a story that's painful. The answers come hard and fast and sound something like this. What happened? You're such a loser, your partner couldn't be around you anymore. They're probably involved with someone new already. Why did they leave you? Isn't it obvious? They left because you're a loser. You're just not good enough. You talk too much. You're not pretty enough. You have on more pounds than normal, and Lord knows you're not sexy enough. Weren't you happy? Yeah, how oblivious can I be? I'm floating around thinking I'm in this great relationship, and the whole time they were looking for a way out. They were probably even cheating on me, and I didn't even know. How did you not see this coming? I am so trusting I'm ridiculous. I constantly made excuses and looked the other way when I should have been asking questions and paying closer attention. It's actually my fault I'm alone again. When your brain responds to your questions in this way, how do you think it leaves you feeling? That's right, pretty horrible. Let's walk it through the eight step process. Number one, notice when you're experiencing something painful. This won't be a problem. You'll know you're in pain. Number two, label the emotion. You will likely be experiencing pain that actually feels physical. Underlying that pain is a deep sadness. Number three, pinpoint where you're feeling it in your body and focus on relieving that sensation from your body. Where you feel your pain will be unique to you. I normally experience emotional pain in my solar plexus. Some people feel it in the form of a headache, backache, intestinal challenges, joint aches, breathing problems, or just about any physical manifestation you can think of. Where in your body do you experience your pain? Number four, also notice the thoughts that you connected to that feeling. We already talked about the thoughts, such as, I'm not good enough, why did this happen, and how could I be so dumb to not have seen it coming? Number five, when you notice those thoughts, if you don't crack up on the spot, then ask yourself if what you're telling yourself is true. 
you can't know if your thoughts about why he left are true or false. So the answer is, you can't be sure they're true. As for your thoughts about yourself, you know they aren't true. You didn't see it coming because you trusted your partner. You believed because you are a loving, trusting person. You didn't do anything wrong. If your partner left because of something they didn't like about you, be happy they left now instead of years down the road after creating endless misery for you and for themselves. You really dodged a bullet in that. This is also the step where you realize your partner isn't the one causing your sadness. You are. You are actually harnessing it to show him just how much he has devastated you. But that is my subject for next week's podcast. How would you want to be feeling if you could choose it? Number six. Ask yourself if you have concrete evidence to support what you're thinking. Even if there is some evidence, it's not likely to be proof that would hold up in a court of law. There may be facts, like you found your partner in an intimate context with another person. That just means your partner had relations with someone else. It does not provide any proof about you or what you're telling yourself that means. Number seven, ask yourself if you'd like to be rid of the pain. Sometimes you might choose to hold on to it in the way of a martyr or because it's your best choice at the moment. This is fine as long as you consciously make the decision to do it. Being a martyr can be very satisfying. You get to play the victim and you can vilify others in your life. You'll at least get some loyal friends to support your martyrdom and you will feel quite righteous in your pain. In addition, Episode 18 of this podcast lists 10 reasons why people choose misery. It lays out the benefits of misery, and if it's your only way to receive said benefits, you may continue to choose it. However, it's better to make that choice with full awareness rather than allowing it to occur by default. At least when you're conscious of the choice, you can examine other alternatives and perhaps find a better one. So if you'd like to let go of the pain then you need to change the narrative. You'll want to revise the story you're telling yourself in your head. Number eight, decide as its author to trash the story you made up in your head causing you to feel pain and write a new one more congruent with the way you would rather be feeling. You can tell yourself with relief that you found out now before you got even more interdependent with this person. You could tell yourself they had to leave because your light was so bright they felt negligible in comparison. Any story you tell yourself that helps you feel better will do. You don't even have to fully believe it. Just know it's as likely to be true as the negative one you made up originally. You're making it up. You might as well make up a story that helps you feel better, right? As an aside on this approach, it is also important when you've gained some distance on the shock of whatever situation you find yourself in, that you review the situation to determine what you need to take responsibility for and what you'll decide to be response-able about. For more on this topic, check out podcast number 26 titled The Mental Freedom Process. I'm not saying you shouldn't take inventory of your contribution to end the relationship. The approach about changing the story in your head is about helping you to change how you're feeling so you aren't hostage to your painful emotions. When you later do your inventory to look for your responsibility, this never feels bad if you're doing it correctly. 
It's not about taking responsibility so you can blame yourself and create more pain. No, it's about taking responsibility for your part in it so you can stop feeling like the victim. You want to examine what, if anything, you did that contributed to the situation so you'll do better next time. A life unexamined will lead you to repeat the same patterns over and over again. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast about one aspect of mental freedom, changing the painful stories you make up in your head. If you would be interested in learning to use the mental freedom process in your life, consider signing up for our mental freedom group coaching. It's six two-hour sessions spread out over 11 weeks with a small group of six to eight people. You will learn the right way to take responsibility for your actions without blame and how to engage your ability to respond now. You will learn how to trust everyone in your life and even strangers to do one thing. And once you do, you'll never be disappointed again. We'll discuss the importance of language and the messages you give yourself that completely weigh you down and box you in. Making some simple tweaks in language will help empower you and get you out of the box. You'll learn and practice more about changing the stories you make up in your head to shift from painful emotions to emotions that support your forward movement. You'll learn about the two purposes our emotions serve, even misery, and how to get those emotions to work for you instead of against you. And finally, you'll learn that mental freedom hack of finding the glow in every painful situation you encounter. When you finish the six sessions, you'll be well on your way to your own version of mental freedom. If you'd like to hear what my current participants are thinking about mental freedom, just take a look at last week's podcast. We talked to the participants of my first group of mental freedom coaching. If you'd like to get on my wait list, the link is in the show notes, or you can write it down as https colon forward slash forward slash B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash then three capital letters, M as in Mary, F as in Frank, C as in Charlie, and then a lowercase O-A-C-H-I-N-G. I hope you'll join me next week when I'll be talking about the importance of the language we use in achieving mental freedom. When you're on the path to mental freedom, there's just some things you wouldn't say. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www.therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash podcast and remember to subscribe.